Happy Friday. Welcome to episode 19 of the Zion Experience. We have new host today. This is exciting. So I'm Drew Eubank, EVP and co-founder. I run our operations and execution team on the backside of the business. Um, and I have the pleasure of introducing Miss Emily Arp. Hi, Miss Emily. Hey, Drew. And uh, my name is Emily Arp, and I've been with Zion Solutions Group for actually almost a year. Next week is my year anniversary, so that's exciting as Absolutely. a project manager, and I love it. Well, that's fantastic. So today we're going to have a, a topic that's near and dear to me. I think, you know, you're on my team, so you can hear me talk about it a lot, right? And um, I think from a cultural perspective, we try to preach it. We're talking managing people and how to manage people. Um, and so I want to take the approach of getting your feedback on how you like to be managed and things that have gone well for you and things you don't like, but that's okay. Um, so when it comes to being managed, what's the thing, one thing that's most important to you? So I couldn't just pick one thing. Um, I picked a few items that I feel like are most important to me. Um, number one on my list is um, being able to delegate. Um, I have to understand that I can't do everything on my own, even though I want to, I, I want to be in control of everything, have to learn to delegate. Um, and, you know, that's taken some years to, to, to get to that point where I can delegate eff effectively. Um, but that's a super important part of um, project management. Number two, um, with that, it's kind of goes alongside it is building that trust um, in your employees to where you feel like um, you can trust them to delegate things to them. You can trust them um, that they're going to get things done, take the bull by the horns, um, and, you know, ask questions where they they may need guidance. Um, but just essentially, um, you know, I, I always tell them it's okay to make a mistake, um, but we need to learn from it and not make the same mistake twice. Um, in order for me to, uh, personally to build that trust with my team, it takes a little time and training. Um, but usually I always get to that place in most cases with my employees to where I can, um, effectively delegate things and trust them to, to accomplish those tasks set for them. Um, number three on my list is, uh, clear communication and openness. Um, it is extremely important for me as a project manager to communicate effectively with my team, to set clear expectations of our goals and to ensure we are all aligned and working towards those goals. Um, on the other hand, I want my team to feel comfortable and feel like they can approach me, um, with, anything, whether it be professionally, whether it be personally, um, any issues that they have come up, I want them to feel um, like I'm a safe place to come to and, and bring those issues to, and we can work through them together. So those are those are my three um, items that I feel like are, are most important to me um, in managing a team. So I've, I've had the pleasure. I'm, I'm one of the more unique owners, right? I've been leading teams for 20 plus years. That's been my goal. And when I was young, I was a terrible leader, terrible right? Uh, good person, bad leader. I think I've evolved to being an okay leader. I've been pretty good at it as I evolve. So you've been with us a year, obviously, yeah. right? What are some of the things that we've done really well to help you grow from our leadership perspective, our leadership styles that makes you feel like you're growing and getting the proper leadership from us? And then secondly, what, what are things that we continue to need to continue to focus on and work on in the future? So this really is a hard one, but um, in my opinion, I think just the, the sheer fact that I've had to take um, charge on everything. Like it, it's great. Like it's a great um, 
it's a great learning experience for, because there's no other option. I, you know, I have to take the bull by the horns and, and um, nail these projects, of course, with, with guidance from you guys, but, but there's no other option. And this is, helps me flourish um, to be able to be better at decision-making and um, just be better at managing my people, like all the things, because I am figuring it out on my own and um, with guidance, obviously, but um, you know, I think that's so important to, to allow your employees to do that. And that's kind of opened my eyes to how I manage my employees. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, that's one of the approaches I take. Obviously, you know, I have to build that trust with them, but I like to let them run with things and, and prove that, that they can um, accomplish things because it's just, it's such a great feeling when you, um, you know, when you, when you nail a project on the head or, or, you know, you, you're growing and learning these new things, like all of that's important. And I feel like there's none better to, to learn than to make you do it. You know what I mean? Um, and not in a bad way. Like it, it's, it's in a good way. Um, and as far as what can you guys do better? Um, or just continue to focus on, continue to maintain, right? I mean, yeah. we're not perfect. We, we will never claim to be, but just what are other things we can continue to do as we grow to continue that focus that makes you feel like you're still getting the leadership you need? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think you guys are doing a great job with, with how it is. Um, I do think, you know, in the future, those, those one-on-one -on -one times are important um, to catch up, see how you're feeling, how things are going. Um, occasionally, um, I, I think those are important um, in building the team. Um, just that, that um, having that personal level, I guess, with, with the employees to, to maintain that, because I think you guys are doing a great job of it as it is. So cool. I think that's, I um, that's super important. I appreciate that. I learned, I learned a long time ago because I'm certainly not somebody who feels like they need a lot of poking and prodding to do, right? I've always been a, what's the task? Let me take it over. And I think early in my career, um, I didn't necessarily trust out the gate. And I learned a little over a decade ago, I, I started, I started shifting my mentality to when I, when I bring somebody onto my team, no matter what the position is, I'm hiring you because I trust you to do the job. You have the skill set to do the job. My job as a leader, from my perspective, is to give you guys the tools you need and the guidance you need and the support you need to succeed, not necessarily tell you how to do something, right? I, uh, we have a new intern on the team, and <clears throat> we were meeting in here this week going over, you know, what the future is going to look like, what she's going to be working on for the next six months or so as she's part of the team. And she had been wide-eyed, like, you're not going to tell me exactly what to do. I said, well, I'm, my, my goal is to give you the canvas, right? And this is the canvas, and this is the barriers we have to operate in. And the canvas is the task. This is the end goal of what we're trying to achieve. I'm going to give you the colors you can use, but I want you to paint it how you want to. Because I want folks to understand just because it's the way I want it doesn't mean it's the right way, number one. But number two, from my perspective, that's how people really blossom and get the most out of their experiences by saying, hey, you have the freedom within these boundaries to make it happen. And I've got your back. Right. I'm not just going to abandon you. We're not going to just, hey, go do it and never talk to you. We're going to give you feedback, the appropriate amount of feedback and tell you, hey, by the way, fantastic job, by the way. Always praise. By the way, we got to work on this. Let's 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 mold this because this is this is not a barrier, but it's you know, it's something we need to work on. 
um, and then build that way. Is that is that something you felt the entire time you've been here for the last year? Oh, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, you know, I think I always take, I always think that constructive criticism is important in somebody's growth. And I feel like I've gotten that from you guys, you know, anywhere I've needed it to, to grow professionally and personally. Um, I've gotten that constructive criticism and it's just helped me grow. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like you're, I don't want to be, you know, stagnant in one position and not moving forward, not learning things. Um, and, and I just, I feel like you guys have done a great job with that. And that's one thing I'm very, very thankful for because I haven't always had that in the past. I, I, I've had it some place with some, with some managers, but I haven't always had that um, with all of my managers. And I, I think it's very important for somebody's growth and development. And you were kind of in a unique position because when you came on board, you reported directly to me, right? I'm, I'm on the executive leadership team, right? I'm it's one of the co-founders of the business. I've been doing it for a long time. And you were just a PM reporting to me for 11 of the 12 months that you've been here. We just recently grown enough to be able to create some levels and so forth. So I, um, I'm hopeful that our interactions helped you understand how you can be successful when new leadership comes in, right? Because you got exposure the way I do things. I've been doing it for a long time. You know, I, you guys hear me say all the time, and this is, I joke about my old man sayings, but one of my old man sayings is you can always stub your toe, but you have to move the chair, right? Because every time you walk by something, everybody, almost 99.9% .9 of people on this planet have stubbed their pinky toe on something, yep. right? And it's a crippling pain that stinks when you have happened. It passes fairly quickly, right? Yeah. But it does not feel good. And so for my, my, what I've tried to hopefully impart on the team, and I hope everybody's unafraid of it, just do. Don't be afraid to make the mistake. When you stub your toe, it's a learning. Move the chair, take a different path. Now, that also being said, there's an accountability side to leadership. If you stub your toe in the same place twice, that's on you. And now we have a problem we have to solve. Now we have a challenge we have to, we have to fix because that's when trust starts dissipating, right? That's when you... Yeah. Really, when a teammate continues to have the same behavior or create the wrong behavior the same way after that feedback loop has been given, including <laughs> myself, right? That to me is when we have a challenge, right? I, I one of the things, you know, we, we, we worked for the same large organization back in the day. And one of the things I did not like about the organization was always this fear of what happens if. Now, I'm a little different. I really didn't care, you know? But my personality's wired a lot different than most folks. And so it's not everybody's built that way. And as I look back, you know, 15 years later, yeah. and where I've been since then, the teams I've had, what I hope I took from that was trying to get rid of that fear of making mistakes and just going with your gut because we hire smart, qualified individuals to get the job done. And the expectation is, guys, we're going to learn together. And by the way, we're going to be there to help, right? If you have a problem, we're going to be there to help you out. You also have to raise your hand too, right? I, one of my other old man sayings is if if you're in trouble and you're drowning in the pool and you ask for help, the lifeguard, Coast Guard, Air Force, everybody's hopping in to help you get out the pool. But if you're in trouble in the pool, treading water and you don't call out for help, you're going to enjoy the bottom because yep. I can't help. Yeah. Right. And I'm hoping that culture is seeping through, especially on our side, and the execution side. Right. Because we're the you have to have sales to move the engine, but you have to have the execution and engineering team to bring it to life. Right. And, yep. and for us, we can't. It's not always cakes and pies and high fives. We have legitimate things we have to solve and move on without hesitation. Yeah. Because hesitation creates conflict. That's why, you know, 
in my opinion, that's that's one of my my top things and how I manage my people is building that relationship with them so that they are comfortable enough to come to you when these issues do arise and they don't hold it off and then you don't miss that opportunity to correct whatever's wrong. Because maybe that they might just, you know, if somebody's not comfortable enough to bring it up to you, then they might just sit on it. And then it's too far past fixing the issue. Now you have a bigger issue, you know? Yeah. And so I, that's why I think it's so important for, for that relationship building to, to help with that. Um, so that you know, my employees are comfortable and, and I'm thankful because I'm comfortable to come to you. I'm thankful to come to, to Jen. Um, you know, I'm I can come to anybody on our, anybody within the company I'm comfortable to come with because that's the type of culture we've built. And, um, and I'm thankful for that because that, that's not the case everywhere. And that was not the case at, at, uh, my, my previous employment. I, I did not feel that way. Yeah, one of the things we've tried to stress too is you know we have purposeful meetings one-on-ones but you can probably count on one finger the amount of weeks went by that you and i specifically didn't talk every single day right and to this day even with the slight change we probably still talk every other day and yep. every morning i try to text my team right just to keep the pulse going right i mean Years ago, there was a stigma. You couldn't be friends with the people that you work for you, right? You had to be a manager, right? And I think that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard from a leadership perspective because you have to have emotional intelligence to understand your folks because not everybody can be led the same way. The same way. Not everybody can be triggered the same way to success and or, you know, to, not everybody can be corrected the same way. And I think that too often, if you don't get to know the folks you're working with, that doesn't mean you have to be best friends. But if you don't have that comfort level, that almost family type atmosphere, I don't think we really grow as a team. I think there's yeah. always that barrier in between, right? That holds folks back and then there's doubt and then it creeps in doubt because trust trust is a two-way street, right? It flows upwards and downs. It has to be from the leadership down and then from the bottom up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, like one of the things that I wish I knew um, the day I started managing people that I know now is that um, everybody, you know, it's okay to have a different management style for different people. Not everybody like meshes well with a certain management style. It's okay to adapt and help the adapt your management style to, to help them grow um, or else they're just going to be stagnant, unhappy. You know, they're not going to perform well if you don't adapt and adjust. And I'm not saying fully change who you are as a person, but just change up your management style just a little bit to to adapt to what better suits them. Um, because I've, I've had some experience with that and um, and I've had to learn that it's OK to do that in some cases. Yeah, it took me. So one of the biggest learnings of my career, I won't call it a failure because it, it, it panned out well, was I. Uh, when we were at the same same employer, let's go back, you know, nearly 20 years now, and I had a large team. Right. And there was a there's a small segment that worked a certain shift that I was going to support. And every day we had 19, we had 22 people on that team. And there were 19 ladies on that team, 18 above the age of 45. And you get a picture at the time I was, you know, 25 years old. Right. I wasn't very old. Um, I had two bobs, both older gentlemen. I had a lady, a young lady who was a lead who was more 30, you know, really close to my age. Right. In, in the same season of life, I think is a good way to put it. Um, and every day before that team went to lunch, 10 minutes before all 18 of those ladies would stop doing work. They'd all go to the bathroom. They wash hands, do whatever they did. They come out, they clock out for lunch. They didn't go for lunch for 30 minutes. They would then come back, 
clock in and go back to the bathroom. And I watched this behavior for like two or three weeks. Uh, it was, it was, it was insane. Right. And you got a picture. I'm a very, you, well, you know, this by now, the way my brain works is like, God, that's really inefficient. And this is really bugging me. And I have to say something. So after about two, three weeks of this, I had a big team meeting. I had, tra I had my, my lead. I had the two bobs and the, these ladies. <clears throat> and I said, guys, we have to, we have to change right now. We're losing 20 minutes of productivity every single day because we're stopping to go to the bathroom and we're going right back to the bathroom after lunch. There's a restroom by the break rooms. I'm not saying you can't go to the bathroom, but what I'm telling you is do not clock out 10 minutes before lunch and then clock in and immediately go spend 10 minutes doing something else, right? Because it doesn't help us any of We don't get out of here quick, everything else. The next day I got called to HR and had like 15 people in the room and almost got fired because 18 ladies went to HR and said, Drew told us we couldn't pee. And that wasn't what happened, right? I had the lead come in the room, the lead being there, the two bobs, like that's not what he said and everything else. What I learned in that was I haven't gained the trust of the team that was working for me yet enough to where I could have that tough conversation in a group setting, right? So I adapted. So for the next, I don't know, three or four months, every member of our team, we had 155. I sat down with and went over how they were doing productivity-wise, metric-wise, right? We had an operation um, to really talk through what was going on, to learn that this lady has a daughter at home who's sick, and this lady just had a grandbaby, and this lady's husband passed away two years ago, and she's not over it. You know, and, and really get to know the folks. And at the end of that, I took the last 10 minutes of those weekly, conversa weekly conversations. What can I do better? Right. And took that feedback. The, the best part of that story is one, I, nothing bad happened. Like I ended up getting promoted and everything else. The second thing, when my son was born, every one of those ladies showed up to the hospital to congratulate me and my wife on the birth of my child. So it went from this really combative relationship to turning into something that was much different. And at that point, I had moved on. I had already moved on to a new role, bigger responsibilities in the organization. I wasn't even part of that group anymore. But that was a really powerful message to me that, hey, you have to be able to adapt to your situation, understand that trust factor with your team on how you manage people, because not everybody hears things the same way, regardless of intent. Yep. I agree with that. What's the what's the most experience you've had, the one challenge you've had that working in a team from a management perspective that's really just that you found the most challenging that one that one thing from a leadership management perspective that you just you found the most challenging and how did you how did you overcome it? Ooh. Mm. Well, I will say um, sometimes managing a team remotely can be a little bit difficult. But um you know, just because you're not beside them every day, you know, especially new team members. I'm not saying like, you know, you're more experienced team members, um, but but your newer team members, that can be a challenge um, to train them properly if you don't have that daily um, contact with them. And it definitely helps if you're in person. However, with all the technology we have today, um, between that, like the, the Teams meetings, text message, phone calls, um, email all the things um i'm really good about staying in contact with my team members at all times and, and mentoring where needed um you know hopping on a call if they have a question whatever whatever the case may be i'm available 24 7 whatever for that and that's worked out really well that's kind of how we've overcame that as well as being on site um in person with these people for um 
for projects, like helping develop them and taking them out on the floor and kind of understand things that that kind of helps me in my role, um, getting that time with them on a specific project that we may be working on. So that's kind of how I mitigate that. But that has become a challenge in today's world um, to train new people um, while working remote. But um, we found ways to kind of jump around that and uh, and make it as efficient and as effective as possible. So yeah, I'm a big I'm a big believer in we're better connected, right? You can't be connected just over this. Um, however, if I go back just you know 12 years and I had a massive team covering east to west coast and 11 different places, I was on an airplane every week. You know, I traveled 40 out of the 52 weeks a year to go see my team, not because I wanted to micro, just to be there. How can I help you? What do you need to work on to make sure they do? I had their back, right? Especially when you're that big. I think I had 15 direct reports in all these different places. And underneath them was about another thousand to 1500 people, depending on the time of day. And so it was important to me. I wish we would have had this type of technology that we have today, just 12 years ago, right? Because I think another important, important part of leadership is understanding your own personal boundaries and setting those when you're managing and taking that time for you right? It's great to be there for everybody all the time, but every once in a while, you got to turn it off and take care of number one, because if you don't take care of number one, you can't take a number care of number two by any means. That's important. Yep. A thousand percent. But yeah, technology definitely um, helps, helps, I mean, everybody, I guess, but really helps me too, just um, training those new employees and, and, and staying in constant contact with my team, making sure things are getting done and um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I'm glad that we have, um, the technology we do now. 100%. Yeah. It's also, you have a leader who's like, guys, we're getting the office together every once in a while. Let's go yep. break bread. Let's go have dinner. Right. Yep. Let's all go have dinner together and just talk and spend time, not talking about work, just yep. have a good time, like being purposeful. And those are things that I hope that I can impart on our entire team to make sure they do on a day, you know, as they move forward and advance in their careers, because to me, that's how connections are built. Now, to that point, you got to be flexible. There could be somebody who's like, yep, don't care. don't want that. Just give me my marching orders and we'll run. And um, I haven't found anybody like that quite yet. They didn't like coming to dinner and getting to know everybody and, you know, having a good time, meeting people's families, right? You know, one of the things we have at Zion that's, I won't say it's unique. I will say it's unique to individual. We have this, we're a family. We spend more time together than we do at home. We spend more time together than we do anywhere else, right? So how do we create that family atmosphere while still having accountability? Because I think a big part of what we do every day too as leaders is accountability is real. We have a job to get done. We have things we have to do. And just because we're having all this kumbaya niceness too, there's also, there gotta be this understanding that, hey, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, I'll be held accountable to it. And I think we've built a team that, fully understands that um, as far as I'm aware, you know, that the fun times are fun, but when we have to work hard, we have to work hard. And um, I, I think we're, we're all in agreement um, about the, the team building and going to dinners and everything like that. I'm thankful that everybody wants to participate. It's such a good thing. It definitely, you know, everyone feels like family to me. Um, it did not feel that way at my last company. And, I'm just thankful to have found a place where it does. And I want our future employees to feel the same way. Um, but yeah, I, I'm in, I'm in complete agreement that we've done a good job of um, hiring people who like that. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, one of my proudest moments is, 
you know, bringing on teammates is always a big deal because it's a, it's a big, that's a big business decision, right? Cause you're not just bringing on an expense, you're bringing on a person, their family, their spouses, their partners, their kids, aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers. And just a month ago, we all went to the Christmas party in Kentucky together, right? We're all in Northern Kentucky. We're all having dinner and you look around the room. One, we went from five folks to where we're at today, 21, 22 people. Um, and just watching everybody just enjoy each other's company. It wasn't awkward. It was relaxing. Everybody had a good time. Yet yeah, I think people had were nervous to let loose at first. <laughs> That's natural, right? Like, oh my gosh, we've never had the entire organization together once. But it, by the end of it, everybody's talking and joking and just having this good time. And I'm very proud of that, right? Because it's it just shows that what we what we try to push from a cultural perspective on how we lead our teams really means something, and it's really paying off because that group who had never been together before. 30 minutes into the dinner was all of a sudden cutting up and having a good time. It was your birthday. You got your birthday cake and, you know, and everybody's saying you happy birthday, even though they didn't know yeah. you, and, but it was genuine, right? It wasn't, it wasn't fake. And all the spouses um, were all there the spouses were and there. they Most all enjoyed each other. Yeah. So I want to end on something that your perspective is most important to me. So you're, you're younger in your career for sure. Right. What's the one thing that you wish you knew when you started working a few years ago? Because whether you're managing a person directly or indirectly, you have influence. Leadership is influence, right? What's the one thing you wish you knew seven years ago, six years ago when you started your career to now that would have helped you out now, helped you out in the beginning that you that you've learned? Well, I kind of I touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, for me, I, I wish I knew. I wish I gave myself the grace earlier on, made it a little bit easier on myself and my employees um, to, to know that it's okay to adapt to that. I don't have to have a management style. Um, it, it's dependent on my team and, and how, what best fits them in a way that I manage. Um, and so I wish I knew that in the beginning, I was probably a little bit too hard on myself. Like, Oh, I have to do this, this, and this. No, I can adapt and um, change to, to the needs that best suits our team because ultimately I, I want our team to be happy. I want my, my employees to be happy and happy to come to work and cause that's when they perform the best. Right. I mean, if you're miserable, you're not going to perform, but if you're happy and you, you know, having that great relationship and, and all those things, having that trust, like that's when you're going to perform the best um, with all of those things. And so I wish I had given myself a little bit of grace earlier on um, in my career, just um, that it's OK. Yeah, you don't have to have a, a specific style. You can adapt um, to, to these depending on the need. And, and I know that now and I have and it's worked effectively. For me, I've, I've changed some things up um, just depending on who I have as an employee. And um, so far, it's working. I have happy employees. We're producing. Um, you know, I can't ask for anything more. So that's one thing I wish I, I knew and, and kind of gave myself grace on when, when I first started because I kind of felt like, oh, you know, I have to be this way. You know, blah, 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 blah. The stigma that you see other sometimes other managers have. Um, and, and that's one of the things I learned at my, my last company um, with a particular manager um, that I, you know, I won't go into specifics, but I learned how not to be, um, how to, you know, because I wasn't happy um, 
wasn't happy at all. So I wasn't performing as well as I probably could have if, um, if I was happy. And that was just one short instance of, of the time period, you know, not my whole career, but, um, but that did show me, um, kind of opened my eyes to how I need to be. And, um, yeah. So. Yeah. For me, I, I heard the, I heard a saying and I can't remember who said it, but it stuck with me a couple of years ago. Um, you know, when you're, you will remember this part when you're younger and you're a teenager, your parents tell you to do something or you're like, that doesn't make any sense. They don't know what they're talking about. And then as you get older, you realize, damn it, they were right. Like as much as I hate to say it, they were right. And it's because of experience. Right. And I think the one thing that I've learned over 20 plus years of, of being in a leadership role, that this too shall pass. And it's, it's hard to get people who are inexperienced to understand that unless you just continually talk about it. Like, if things are going tough, if the day's bad, if nothing's going right, guess what? This too shall pass. If it's the greatest day on earth and everything's perfect, be cognizant that this too will pass, shall pass. So enjoy it while you can, right? Yeah. And I think for me, that's the one thing that I wish I had that type of wisdom, because to me, that's a wisdom item, right? From a leadership perspective that I wish I had had years ago, because I've been through times where it's just been me to help make things happen. It's been two o'clock in the morning and things aren't working right. And I have to call a customer and say, Mr. Customer, this is not going to happen. It's an impact in the millions of dollars in the eight figure level. And, but you know what? It passed and we worked through it. We pushed it. It was hard work. But when you look back on it, it was a very small microcosm of the big picture. And I'm hoping that as we continue to grow the team and, and, and continue, especially my team, but Zion total, but my team, especially, um, we're going to run the challenges every day. Just remember this too shall pass. No matter what we do, this too shall pass. It's going to be okay. We're going to figure it out. We're going to work together and get things done. And um, if, like I said, if I could, if I could back that up and have that wisdom, I wouldn't have been 20 years old, right? That's the first thing. You had to be much older because that only comes with experience. Um, but I wish I had a little bit more of that when I was younger because I think I was too hard on myself, right? No matter the situation, whether it was managing up or down, because you got to, you got to manage both ways, right? And, as a yeah. leader, when you get comfortable doing that, I think that's when leaders really start to blossom. So. Yeah. yeah. Any any final words on leadership or management that you you'd like to share based on your last year prior and what the future holds? Ooh, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm looking forward to the future and looking forward to learning and growing and growing our team. I, I, we're going to do great things. So we already are. We had two uh, more offers go out today. We'll be adding to the team again. Awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, going quickly and just didn't ever expect us to be where we are today no. when I started almost exactly a year ago on the 17th. It'll be. Yeah, I hope I hope our team understands that everybody has played a part in that, right? Like having a PM come on board like you who wasn't afraid to get things done and just take it by the horns and really embrace that has allowed, you know, those of us who lead that team to free up to go find other opportunities and to help close more business and get more trusted partners. And it starts, there's no, there's no single, there's no widget inside the big machine that doesn't have, that have, that cannot, that can stop working for us to be successful. And um, hopefully, hopefully you guys feel that. Thank oh, you. A thousand, per a thousand percent. Um, and of course, like happy to do it. I enjoy it. I'm happy, you know, happy employees make uh, the company just greater. So um I feel like we're going to do great things and excited. We've already accomplished so much. So I'm excited to see what we're going to do. That's awesome. Well, uh, thank you. I know, I know podcasting isn't your favorite thing, 
personally, I think we're better than the regular host. I hope that gets published out there. Um, I, I enjoy this, but we, we do have things to do. So thanks for taking the time today. Uh, for those of you listening, guys, um, leadership is my favorite topic. When I went through school, that was the one thing I focused on as I was finishing up my, 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 my study. I was like, what's the one thing that drives me is how do we, how do we lead people and get people motivated to do things that they don't know they can do? Not that they don't want to do, but they don't know or realize they have the capacity to do. Um, one of the great things about now being an owner is we control that culture and I get to really influence, help influence that culture from, you know, top down. Then hopefully it feeds back up because I learn as much from you guys every day as hopefully you learn from me. Hopefully I'm learning more from you guys. So um, if you get a chance, guys, anybody listening, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow the podcast on you know Spotify or Apple uh, iPods. Thank you so much again. And uh, look forward to talking again when we get a chance to come in and show people how to really run a podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Drew. I really enjoyed it, and I'm getting more comfortable with it. So, how about it? We're good. <laughs> Riding that bike again. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.